No. But you're not sad because you are listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. My name is Kay. My name is Carrie. Oh, wait. Unspeakable subject while enjoying... An adult beverage. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We have to make sure we talk into the mic Mm -hmm. and speak up, both of us, because it was like a roller coaster last episode. It was like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we were too excited. That (laughs) and we were a little blasted. Yeah. (laughs) During the day. Yeah. Day drunk, (laughs) which is the best kind of drunk. (laughs) And then I was hungover at night. Yep. That is the worst That's hangover. The worst kind of night. Yeah. You have to keep going. That's the problem. Yeah. You have to keep it up, but you had to drive, so you couldn't. Yeah. I kept it up and I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I got home and then I was so hungover and I was like, oh, I'll just take some Pepto and I'll I'll be fine to go to sleep. We had none. Oh no. So I made ramen instead and ate and Mm. put something on my stomach and then I was able to go to sleep and not feel awful. So icky. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, ramen. (laughs) You were my saving grace. My go-to. Yeah. That and Sonic. Oh, yes. Sonic. If Sonic had still been open when Mm -hmm. I was feeling that icky, that's where I would have gone. I don't really understand why they're not open 24 hours like McDonald's, because I would 100% go to Sonic over McDonald's any day. Yeah. Like, that was my... So, do you have a hangover cure from from Sonic or from... Um, my hangover cure, I pretty much stole yours because <laughs> the, the first time I ever was hungover, I was with Carrie and oh, we yeah. got Sonic together and pigged out and it's, that's my new cure. It's the best. Sonic mm-hmm. is the best. It's a, yeah. mine is a, um, I get two sausage, egg and cheese burritos. Well, honestly, when I was in college, I didn't eat red meat. So it was an egg, two egg and cheese burritos, um, Two egg and cheese burritos, tots, and an order of French toast sticks, mm-hmm. and a Route 44 cherry limeade. That's my hangover cure. Yum. And it, it I eat it all, <laughs> and then you feel full, so you don't feel your stomach moving, like your stomach contents kind of moving every yeah. time you turn over or whatever, so you just get really good and full. Yeah. And then you lay on the couch, and you mm-hmm. watch The Office. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is a testament to how small my stomach has gotten since I started Weight Watchers. Mm. I only Me had too. to eat one pack of ramen. Usually, I want to do like two. Usually, really? I want two and then I'm good. Usually, one was like too small and now I can only eat one if that. Do you make it like a soup? No. Do you just make noodles mm-hmm. with it? See, now I add like egg and cheese and shit like that so I yeah. can only eat one. Yeah, I but over I overcook the noodles, kind of make them like real good and gooey. Fluffy. Yeah, nice. Yeah, D- my mom hates it. She's mm. like, if you wanted flavored mashed potatoes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, geez, mom, it's cheaper than flavored mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah, good. And that's not what I'm going for. No, like, um, I seriously, I love it. I love to make like that's. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I gained when I was super, super poor. Yeah. Like, super poor. <laughs> like, $2 in my bank account. Yeah. I've regu- had those days. Regularly poor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> still not 100% past those days, but it's yeah. not as often. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are there were a lot of times where I would have 32 cents in my bank account. Mm-hmm. 
for the week. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom would be like, where'd all your money go? I'm like, bills. Bills is what happened. Yeah. No one in my family listens either. Just my brother-in-law. Hi, Tyler. (laughs) Love you. Um, (laughs) No, I love to make it just the noodles and drain them and then like kind of pan. I I coat them in butter. Mm -hmm. Real butter, not margarine. Coat them in butter. And Mm then I uh, pan fry them a little bit and then crack an egg on top and scramble it all together and then coat it in cheese. Mm. It's a good day. I've also, my friend Nikki makes this amazing ramen stir fry that she taught Mm -hmm. me how to make. It's super good. Mm -hmm. I'll have to show you how that is done sometime when we have a sleepover again. Yeah. To have ramen stir fry. Yes. It's delicious. Well, this is all reminding me of a lovely customer that I had come in this week. I'm so excited. Entitled veterans are my favorite. (laughs) Oh, no. Let me tell you. Now, now I will just say I have a lot of respect for veterans. Yeah. I think that you all are awesome. What I don't like is when you come into my store and scream at me because you're not getting something for free or I'm not paying you to take it out of the store. That I'm not down with. Yeah, that's not cool. Like, I get wanting a discount. I get it. I'll give you one all the ding dong day. We just don't give, they don't give veterans discounts at family video because it's like two dollars for a fucking movie like, yeah how yeah. much cheaper can you get well this guy he he came in and he was throwing a fit because he he gives me his coupon for his free movie mm-hmm. and he's like do you do veterans discounts and i'm like well not technically but if you want one like i'll i'll give you one but this is free you're so, getting one movie and you have a one free movie coupon what what do I give you the free movie and then hand you a dollar? Yeah. That's <laughs> like, yeah. That basically. <laughs> and and then, um, at, like, our district manager was there when this happened. And I looked over at her. I'm like, uh. Like, what do I. <laughs> what? And she just went about her business. And I'm like, well, fine. Okay. So, <laughs> um. Uh, this guy starts to walk out of the store and he's like oh i see you just didn't go to the right school and grabbed his movie and left and i'm like what did that have to do with anything uh does it make any sense yeah but anyway so why do you call him penny guy well this is another guy another veteran oh okay yeah so penny guy comes into my store has never seen me before doesn't didn't even know that i've been working there for three years and he comes in there and he asked me to borrow a penny. And I was like, that's an odd request, but okay. Like, I've got a penny sitting right here. You can have it. That someone had left or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And he was like, well, I bet you're wondering why I asked for this penny. And I was like, not really. I really don't care. I just want to do my job. I would love for you to leave. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I gave you a penny. Can you please just get out of my store? That was not flying. <laughs> My, uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> that was apparently, no, tell me more <coughs> about why you're taking a penny from me and then not getting anything and leaving. He that, wanted to tell you about the penny. Yeah, he wanted to tell me about the penny. So to tell me about the penny, he goes into this whole spiel about how for Veterans Day... He went to all of the restaurants in our city trying to get free meals because he was a veteran. All of them. All the restaurants in 
Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah. That's so many restaurants. Yeah. There's no way he went to every restaurant. He ended up with 19 meals. 19 of them. Okay. And was mad when um, buffets wouldn't let him take anything home. And um, was mad because McDonald's would not give him anything for free on Veterans Day. I'm like, no. It's so cheap, dude. Yeah. And like, you shouldn't. I'm sorry, but they're a business, not a charity. Well, yeah, and, like, go to your one favorite restaurant. Yeah. Get your free meal, and then fucking stop. Like, yeah. why, why do you need to... Why would you go to every restaurant? I, I have That's no idea. That's all gonna spoil in, like, two days. What are you gonna do with it? Yeah, he froze it. He put it all in a deep freezer. That's disgusting. Yeah. And he, um, he wrote... It's not... Can be good. Yeah, yeah, no. He wrote to McDonald's and to Burger King. He wrote to their like headquarters because he was mad that they didn't offer anything for Veterans Day. I'm like, you got 19 other meals plus Seriously, some. It's fucking yeah, fast that's food, not, dude. Like that's that's not what it's for. <laughs> well, and and that's what's so stupid is like you can afford McDonald's yeah. and Burger King on an army pension. Easily. Yeah, and like, Easily. like <laughs> I think it's a really good thing that restaurants offer a veterans discount and offer to give you a free meal on veterans day but they are not required to do that Mm -mm. and he he was like well you know why they do the veterans day thing right they'll let you eat for free but you'll bring your whole family and your family will pay money for their meals and they'll make about 60 bucks if you've got like other family and i was like i don't give a fuck like can you please leave my store and, and you al- know what also <laughs> that's a really good way to make money yeah yeah sorry and you honor a veteran yeah so what's the problem yeah it's a fucking business man yeah it's a business not a charity uh-huh. again yeah and like he all of this to tell me about how he was stealing a penny from me basically to go to mcdonald's and download the Burger King app and get a coupon for a Whopper for a penny. Like, he would he would download the app in McDonald's' parking lot. Burger King would know that he did it in McDonald's' parking lot. And they would give him a coupon to get a Whopper for a penny. And he's like, and now I'll get it for free because you gave me a penny. And I'm like, you couldn't have fucking found a penny? I don't give a shit. I'm just trying to do my job. Why couldn't you... What a bitter, bitter, bitter person. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, he was happy as a lark that I had given him a penny. He's an asshole. Yeah, and then I felt, like, very so gross he, about... he dangled that shit in front of you. Yeah. And made you feel small. Yeah. 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 I'm sucks. like... Yeah, and then he, he, he has come back since and tried to talk to me. And, like, the other day he talked at me for 30 minutes and I was basically ignoring him. And he was like, oh, well, it's been good talking to you. I'm like, yeah, I need to work now. And then he started being racist at the very end of our conversation. Well, that's I'm like, really fun. Yeah, I'm like, I have phone calls to make. Bye. Sorry I don't want to talk to someone who then told me why the, he stole from me. Yeah. For the dumbest and most selfish reason of all time. Yeah. After he'd gotten 19 free meals. We're not friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. Oh my I, God. I, was ma- I wasn't even making the 1050 that I make now at that point. Ugh. I was like on minimum wage and he was. And I was like, fuck you, dude. Get the fuck out of my store. 
Like, I'm really glad that he didn't, like, try to swindle a discount out of me because I would have felt awful about giving him one at that point for sure well (sighs) that's not what we're talking about for this episode as awful as that guy is (laughs) yeah and and again veterans you guys are awesome thank you yes god bless the veterans i'm more than happy to give discounts i just don't like people doing that yes and god bless the troops because if 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 you were not the troops we would be the troops and you don't I would be the worst troops. <laughs> I would be the worst <laughs> troops. <laughs> I totally stole that from Mike Berbiglia, but um, <laughs> I'm so glad that you're the troops because I would be the worst troops. So this week we are talking about sexual, sexual repression. repression and more specifically how it leads to violence and crime. I'm so excited. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> this is something that's fascinated me for a really long time. So Carrie has no idea what story. I'm so happy. I don't know what it is. I didn't even read the article that you sent me. I'm not going to lie. Oh, and it was such a good one, I but know. it's probably a good thing you didn't. Yeah, I don't it, want it spoiled. Yeah. You have no idea. I'm so excited. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. Yeah. So um, this is actually, so for those of you who have been listening, you know that I am... My soul is fueled and made happy by true crime podcasts. That's actually the uh, my background on my phone now. It says fueled by coffee and true crime podcasts. So. <laughs> Which we need on a shirt. Yes. So. <laughs> um, but so this is kind of an underlying theme that keeps cropping up in a lot of serial killer stuff, mm-hmm. especially the ones where they'll go back and tell you about the guy, the guy's childhood girl or guy's childhood, the person's childhood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and take you through all of this. And then it turns out that especially if there's a rape element involved to their crime, yeah. it's usually to do with some sort of repression. So I, I found this to be really, really fascinating and a really fun topic to explore. So hashtag sex positive. Let's yeah. go. Uh, sorry. Hold on just What's a second. What computer, are you doing? My computer froze up. Oh, no. Yeah. It froke. It froke. It froze. Fro- the it froked up. Froked up? <laughs> it froked up. Did um, your recording freeze? I don't. I hope not. That's what I'm about to check. It did not. Okay. Oh, okay. We're, we're Just good Just where now. you were looking for yeah. your notes? Yeah. Okay. Do I need to pull up the drive? No. Okay. No f- no pictures? Nope. Not yet. Because I didn't want it to get spoiled because the drive does this lovely thing where it posts what you've put in there recently. Okay. So if you grew up, this is basically a concept that shouldn't be very foreign to a lot of people, especially if you have a similar background to me and Kay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I'm not even going to blame my parents that much. Um, I'm going to blame my Sunday school teachers <laughs> quite a bit. And I'm going to blame the fact that they didn't read the books that they gave me about adolescence uh, before they gave them to me. Oh, so, um, yikes. <laughs> um. <laughs> my, that, that, that blame goes on my parents. But um, I <laughs> there were a lot of things that made me giggle when I was reading some of this, the causes yeah. of this. So, um, <laughs> so, so a lot of my, my sources come from, uh, of course our very own trusted and true Wikipedia, um, <laughs> psychology today. And then I found a really cool blog about some solution that had some solutions if you are experiencing sexual repression Ooh, and nice. it was just a really cool little blog post. So, um, I have that as well from lonerwolf.com slash overcome sexual oppression. 
slash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. So um, a lot of their stuff was kind of weird. So I'm going to pick and choose because it was a little hippy dippy, but also very cool. So um, okay. So it was Sigmund Freud. Oh, lovely Freud. Who wants- Tell me about your maja. who once declared that sexual repression is the chief psychological problem that we face in society that's fair yeah and he was a huge weirdo but um he he was i'm not gonna disagree with him completely so let's have a definition shall we yes please give me one yes (laughs) give it to me (laughs) um sexual repression this is we're just gonna pull in i'm just gonna throw out innuendos the whole time because i think it's hilarious so <laughs> just if, if that offends you you can fuck off so um <laughs> you can go fuck yourself you can just go fuck yourself what do you think you're better than me <laughs> so um sexual repression is a state in which a person is prevented from expressing expressing not expressing excuse <laughs> my tequila mouth um expressing their own sexuality Sexual repression is often associated with feelings of guilt or shame being associated with sexual impulses. Uh, What constitutes sexual repression is subjective and can very greatly differ between cultures and moral systems. Uh, Many religions have been accused of fostering sexual repression, and some ideologies seek to repress certain forms of sexual expression, such as homosexuality, and some cultures even use violent practices such as general, genital modification and mutilation, honor killings, or stonings in an attempt to regulate human sexual behavior. So, just to touch on the homosexuality part, because I feel like that's the part that kind of crops up the most in serial killer things. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people, because homosexuality has been so stigmatized and so surrounded by shame for centuries. Yeah. Um, at least in Western European culture. I don't know anything about anything else because I grew up in the American public school system. <laughs> so <laughs> I learned the history of white people. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I literally know nothing else. So... Um, so various cultures attempt to repress homosexual sexual re- expression. Um, as of 2014, same-sex sexual acts were are punishable by prison in 70 countries. That doesn't surprise me. Me neither. Um, and in five other countries and in parts of two others, homosexuality is punishable by the death penalty. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which is nuts. Yeah. Um, apart from criminal pos- prosecution, LGBT, LGBT individuals may also face social stigmatization and serious violence, of course, which we all know. Yeah. And um, just to clarify, being gay doesn't, does not make you predisposed to being violent. Oh, no. No, no, no. all. In fact, it's the opposite. LGBT people are far more likely to be victims of violent crimes, just like people who suffer from mental illness are far more likely to be victims than perpetrators. Yeah. Um, However, just like with everything, there can be a perfect storm of nature and nurture where the repression of one's sexual identity mixed with severe mental illness can tip the scales and cause someone to lash out violently. Because when we repress our, when we repress our sexual, our natural sexual impulses, and I'm not going to condone people who are attracted to children and oh, shit no. like that. Yeah, like, no. Or like, you know, people who are like, oh, I can only get off if I strangle someone to death and then fuck their face. Like, that's not cool. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Don't express that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like healthy sex 
Healthy sexual impulses between two consenting adults is yeah. all totally fine. What you do in your, whether it's shitting on each other's faces or <laughs> just doing it in the missionary position very quietly, whatever gets you off, gets you off. And that's fine. As long as they're both consenting adults. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. However, comma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's because when you repress it too much. It seems like this is the only repress- repressing of an impulse that creates the most violent outburst yeah. in people, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So, um, <laughs> so in an article from Psychology Today, uh, this is from by Dr. Christopher Ryan, PhD. So he writes that nothing inspires murderous mayhem in human beings more reliably than sexual repression. Uh, denied food, water, or freedom of movement, people will get desperate and some may lash out at what they perceive as the source of their problems, albeit in a weakened state. Mm -hmm. But if expression of sexuality is thwarted, the human psyche tends to grow twisted into grotesque, enraged perversions of desire. Ooh, that Um, sent a shiver down my spine. Yeah. Unfortunately, the distorted rage resulting from sexual repression rarely takes the form of rebellion against the people and institutions behind the repression. If it did, perhaps we'd be reading of abused priests rather than priests uh, as abusers. Yeah. Instead, the rage is generally directed at helpless victims who are sacrificed to the sick gods of guilt, shame, and ignorant pride. Oh. I just thought that was a beautifully written intro yeah that was gorgeous yeah and horrifying and yeah (laughs) exactly what we're all about here it completely summed it up i thought so i was just like yeah that's perfect so um (laughs) of course so let's go ahead and i'm just want to blanket statement this real quick Kay and i both grew up christian Mm -hmm. we are both still christian um we both have very close friends who are atheists um we have close friends k is also what would you call yourself wiccan uh not wiccan uh just spiritually aware yeah spiritually okay (laughs) yeah that's a good word okay spiritually inclined (laughs) yeah i have friends who are wiccan i have friends who are or have been through wiccan phases i guess we could say (laughs) yeah Uh, i have friends who are agnostic whatever uh you do you you believe what you want we believe what makes sense to us Mm -hmm. so I just want to say real quick that I'm not shitting on Christianity. Neither of us are. No. I mean, there are good parts to it and there are bad parts to it, just like everything. Yes. And there are radicals and people who use that as a way to repress their own desires for some reason. And people who can use anything, any religion. Actually, I'm going to go through a big old long list of every belief system here in a minute and all the weird shit that they have to say about sexuality. Yeah. Um, but just to blanket statement that real quick, cause I don't want to offend anyone and I don't want to come off hypocritical yeah. at all. However, comma, <laughs> when I have my own children, <laughs> what they intake will be carefully monitored because I was told some weird shit. Oh when yeah. I was growing up. That really affected me as an adult and really affected me being able to identify who I am and being able to be okay with who I am. Because when you're, I, like I said, I don't like to put myself in a box. When you're fluid or bisexual, it just doesn't, 
it can be very, very confusing. Yeah. And being told that things are wrong is really, really hard. Yeah. And makes it even more confusing because you're just like, oh, I'm a freak. Where do I identify? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I probably will not put my kids in Sunday school. Just going to throw that out there. I, I mean, I. Not when they're older. No. To be honest with you. Um. I want to be monitoring what's going in their heads. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, if my partner and I decide that we do want to go to a church, we'll have a babysitter for them in the mornings until they're old enough to go with us. Mm-hmm. And well, then I can you know, talk to them about what, what they heard. What I was taught when I was really, really little was nothing sexual. It was when yeah. I was a teenager and went to youth group stuff. And then things were separate, and they told me that masturbation was sex, and that I was going to hell if I masturbated, and just, I'll get into it. Okay, so. (laughs) We're getting there. (laughs) We're getting there. So, um, he goes on to say, quote, we can start with Christianity, Mm -hmm. a religion centered upon a figure whose holiness begins with his having been conceived asexually. I didn't even think about that. I didn't either. Mark Twain (laughs) noted the bizarre anti-eroticism of Christianity when he considered heaven. I found this to be fascinating and also hilarious. Man has imagined a heaven and has left entirely out of it the supremest of all his delights. The one ecstasy that stands first and foremost in the heart of every individual of his race. (laughs) Sexual intercourse. Yeah. It is... As if a, lo- <laughs> it is as if a lost and perishing person, person, <laughs> a lost and perishing person, say that five times fast, <laughs> in a roasting desert should be told by a rescuer he might choose and have all longed for things but one, that he should elect to leave out water. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> That's from Letters from Earth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> That's perfect, especially and, for his time. Yeah, and weirdly true. Mm-hmm. It, I'd never thought of it before. And, you know, what's really funny, though, is that pe- like when I was in Sydney school and stuff, we talked about heaven and how we wouldn't need to eat. And I was like, but I don't want to go to heaven if there's not pie. <laughs> I don't want to go. um, That doesn't sound like a fun time. (laughs) I would love for there to still be pie. You don't understand how important food is to me. Imagine (laughs) how important sex is to me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I can't put your hands together. (laughs) Apple pie and sex. Mm. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Just lick it off each other. (laughs) Um. When I was. Though food plus sex is a wonderful time. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, um, my grandmother didn't want me watching certain shows because mm-hmm. all they thought about was sex. I didn't realize until I was an adult how much sex is a really big part of kind of our lives. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And... Those shows were kind of perfect for showing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand why we wanted to shove that under the rug. Like. I'm going to get there, too. Yeah. Because I have a problem with that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a story for it. 
Yay. So, um, there's, so I'm going to continue on with this article a little bit. So, um, there's little question at, that the centuries-long campaign of child rape enabled by institutional cover-up is a direct result of the church's, church's inhumane teaching. I can't speak. I'm going to try that one more time. Take two. <laughs> There's little question that the centuries-long campaign of child rape enabled by institutional cover-up is a direct result of the ch- church's inhumane teachings concerning human sexuality. If priests, gay, straight, and bisexual, were allowed to form erotic connections with consenting adults, who can doubt that chi- that countless children would have been spared outrageous torture at the hands of these sick, distorted men? Absolutely. Some. I'm going to say some. Yeah, some. Some. Because some of it, pedophilia is something that, whether you're married or not, comes to you. Yeah. It is. Um. And you don't have to be gay to be a pedophile either. Yeah, no. Uh, those are two separate things. Just want to throw that out there real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Had that conversation with someone when I was still at the movie store oh. and the Dahmer movie came out. Uh, that was really fun in the uh, area of Kentucky that I live. Oh, I bet. Which is quite rural and ignorant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, gay conservative Catholic author... My favorite type of person. I know, right? Let's be best friends. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So this guy's named Andrew Sullivan. Uh Um, He has written that, quote, the suppression of these core emotions and the denial of their resolution in love always, always leads to personal distortion and compulsion and loss of perspective. Yeah. Um, Of course, it's not just a question of repressing homosexuality at all. No. By the way, no, no, that no. just I just wanted to touch on that because it seems like that's the one that goes the deepest in our society um, for the longest amount of time. Yeah. And now we're finally getting some liberation from that, though. Some people are still quite in their own bubble and have their heads up their ass. Um, sorry if that offends you, but I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very ignorant. Yeah. So. Like I said, of course, it's not just a question of repressing homosexuality. It's of all sexuality. Because those priests and there's so many people in religion who renounce all sexual connection to Mm -hmm. anyone. Like nuns, monks, priests. Uh, Thankfully, pastors and Protestantism don't have to. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because, you know. Um, Anyway, (laughs) not to say that that's a great line either. But um, so... And religious institutions are not the only ones to champion such abuse of spirit and body. Medical doctors have participated in some of these shameful crimes against humanity. Yep. We're going to talk about my favorite person in history because he's <laughs> such a weirdo. Oh, okay. my God. I'm so <laughs> happy. And there's a Drunk History episode about him. Yay. And I believe that the Owen brothers, like Luke, Luke Owens and what's the fuck? Fuck. What's his name? The one with the weird nose and the blonde hair. What's his name? Owen Wilson. Luke Wilson and Owen Wilson. Uh-huh. Sorry, the Wilson brothers, not the <laughs> Owens Wilson. <laughs> the Owens brothers. The Owens Wilsons? Um, yeah, they're in it. Oh, and they play nice. these brothers. And it is so good. <laughs> oh, man. Though it does help to know the full story. Yeah. Uh, so for the anyway, I'll get there. So um, in 1850, the New Orleans Medical and Surgical Journal declared masturbation public enemy number one. Oh, of course it did. Don't masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus has all this other shit to take care of, but the number one is to not masturbate. Don't masturbate. Oh my God. Whatever. If God didn't want us to masturbate, he wouldn't have made made our arms this long. (laughs) Oh, you're not wrong. (laughs) And if God didn't want gay men, he wouldn't have made a man's G-spot and his prostate. prostate. Yeah. (laughs) Huh. Anyway. Um. Oh, God. Oh, God. So. (laughs) Uh, so. Quote. Neither plague, nor war, nor smallpox, nor a crowd of similar evils have resulted more disastrously for humanity than the habit of masturbation. It is the destroying element of civilized society. But why, though? (laughs) (laughs) I'm very confused as to why. causing no pregnancy, no STDs. Nothing. So it's not killing people and it's not no <laughs> shaming women. No. So that's the so problem. So that makes it evil. Yeah. Yes, girl. Good God. Okay. So. Destroying element of civilized society. Okay. So scientific. I'm going to put that in sarcastic air quotes. Sarcastic quote. Scientific. Sarcastic unquote. Uh-huh. <laughs> Declarations like these inspired Dr. John Harvey Kellogg of Kellogg's breakfast cereal. I would, yeah, he makes my breakfast cereal, so of course I'd listen to him when it comes to him telling me whether or not to masturbate. Wait. Okay. His cereal didn't used to have sugar at all because none of it was supposed to be pleasurable. Oh, my God. His brother, after this crackpot fuckhead died. (laughs) (laughs) This crackpot fuckhead. His brother, who actually had invented the cereal, added sugar so it would sell and made a fucking fortune. Oh, yeah. Because it's good fucking cereal. Yeah. Because cornflakes are delicious. And so are Frosted Flakes and shredded wheat. And Special K strawberry. Yes. All that shit. Okay. So... John Harvey Kellogg, this is one of my favorite people to study Mm -hmm. in history. There's an amazing dollop episode if you haven't listened to the dollop. I need to listen to them, too. I need to catch up on BuzzFeed Unsolved. However, comma. Yeah. This episode is before they got a sound engineer. (laughs) And um, it's real bad. Yeah. So you have (laughs) to be in a car with no volume limit. Yeah. Or somewhere with no volume limit in order to listen to it because it is real quiet mm-hmm. but it's it's a live episode that they did with Patton Oswald, and it is amazing oh it is amazing nice this guy was a fucking moron <laughs> <laughs> it, this guy was a fucking moron he was so crazy you guys and he was so obsessed with poop so Jesus and it's so funny and it takes Gareth so long to realize that they're talking about Kellogg as in breakfast cereal <laughs> and then it finally like clicks uh-huh. and he's like wait wait it's fucking Kellogg <laughs> wait they also talk about Graham as in Graham cracker Ooh. same principle Graham crackers do not used to taste good I love Graham crackers mm-hmm. we need to make s'mores we do not tonight, though. No, oh, no, not today. No. Just at some point in the yes. near future. I agree. So. <laughs> oh, boy. 
So these declarations, scientific dis- <laughs> scientific declarations like these, inspired jo- Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, brother of the cornflakes, Kellogg. Oh boy! In his campaign to eradicate masturbation from the United States, because that's wanna, gonna work. <laughs> I want to really clarify this real fast: that mm-hmm. "doctor" is a pretty loose term. Yeah, this was in the 1800s, where it only took you two weeks. Two weeks and a handshake. Yeah, was medical school. <laughs> um, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just to clarify that real fast, he was in. He was a crazy person. Yeah. Um, so, though widely considered to be one of the leading sex educators of his day. Oh, because yes. Of Kellogg course. proudly claimed never to have had intercourse with his wife in over four decades of marriage. That poor woman. Yeah. And do they have children? I thought they did, but I don't know. Because then his statement would be false. That's not true. You can get pregnant without sex turkey baster don't talk to me about the turkey baster though he would have had to masturbate yes which he is against yeah so i don't know i feel like they did have kids but i'm not 100 percent on that Mm -hmm. probably not so um as a medical doctor (coughs) kellogg (coughs) medical doctor (coughs) kellogg claimed bullshit yeah. <laughs> blah, blah. So Sorry, weird. I've just got this yeah, horrible like, allergy. There's this like tickle in my throat. So um <laughs> as a medical doctor, Kellogg claimed the moral authority to instruct parents on the proper sexual education of their children as someone who's never had sex. Yeah. Um Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Just like the uh fucking family lady from uh Parks and Rec. You know what I'm talking about? I hate that bitch. Yeah, she the worst. <laughs> Every time she pops up she on the sucks. screen, I'm like, uh, fuck you. And her husband's super gay. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. That's why she's so angry. Mm-hmm. That's why she's all pent up. Yeah. Um. So, as a medical doctor. Uh, so, if you're unfamiliar with the writings of Kellogg and others like him... <laughs> Their gloating disdain for basic human eroticism is chilling and unmistakable. Yeah. In his best-selling Plain Facts for Old and Young, written on his sexless honeymoon in 1888. <laughs> I'd be so mad. That poor woman. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Kellogg often... Uh, no, sorry. Kellogg offered parents guidance for dealing with their son's natural erotic self-exploration in the section entitled Treatment for Self-Abuse and Its Effects. I love it when people call masturbation self-abuse. It makes me laugh so yeah. hard. I've never <laughs> heard that before really? in my life. No. Really? Oh, it's so funny. It's it super was just, old. It's super yeah. archaic masturbation i didn't even hear that term until i was about 16 oh shit girl yeah i gave i was given a book yeah my mom um, um uh, i asked her this little bit okay and i'll uh we can talk about okay we can talk we can exchange stories okay <laughs> because uh yep okay yeah. <laughs> mine lines up perfectly with my content here okay uh so uh da, 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 da. so this little section is from that, this little quote is from that section mm-hmm. about self-abuse. Oh, yeah. 
um, (laughs) a remedy which quote sorry quote a remedy which is almost always successful in small boys is circumcision oh this is a different kind of circumcision Oh, no. The operation should be performed by a surgeon without administering an (gasps) anesthetic. Oh, fuck you. As the brief pain attending the operation will have a salutary effect upon the mind, especially if it be connected with the idea of punishment. Did he get caught masturbating and have this happen to him as well? I don't know. Is he circumcised? Like, I want to... I don't know. I don't know. Fucking shit. I will say this, though, that circumcising does not inhibit your ability to come or at all curb your ability, your desire to masturbate in men. Yeah. At all. Not at all. Um, It was originally a religious practice. Yeah. It was a covenant between God and Abraham. I don't really get why, but whatever. (laughs) So, um, I don't really get that. He didn't want you to have fun. <laughs> like, I mean, but you still can. <laughs> yeah. Like, is the thing. Yeah. So, it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. Very different from female circumcision, which is the removal of the clitoris. And, uh, therefore, one cannot experience any pleasure in sex. So, no thank you. Not the yeah. same. Do not tell me that they're equal. <laughs> uh, because they are not. Yeah. I don't know why I became British there, but it happened. So, um, it's in your blood. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) If circumcising is, if circumcising a struggling, terrified boy without anesthesia, wasn't quite what a parent had in mind. Kellogg recommended quote. He's been bad, but not that bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If that's a little much for you, (laughs) if you're not a horrible monster, yeah, but you still would love to keep your kid from abusing himself. <laughs> um, quote, the application of one or more silver sutures in such a way as to prevent erection. <gasps> oh, no. The prepuce or foreskin is drawn over the glands <gasps> uh, uh, mm, 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 mm. and the needle to which is the one to which the wire is attached is passed through from one side to the other. No. Which means he basically sewed their foreskin shut. No. Mm -mm. Which is like sewing someone's vagina shut. How does that not make your penis rot off from like not being able to clean it properly? Yeah. mm -mm. Oh boy. He's fucking crazy. This guy used to like say that you couldn't hold in a shit. That you had to just shit your, you just had to shit, like when it felt like it was coming. So he spent most of his time on the fucking toilet. This guy's a nutcase, and he he ate a ton of fucking fiber, which is where breakfast cereal came from. Yeah. So he just like spent twenty hours a day on the toilet with no pants. This is who this is coming from. Just to like, (laughs) just to let you know, clear this up a little bit. (laughs) This guy was fucking nuts. He had a, I think he was gay. He had a little bit of an anal, what's it called? From Freud. Fixation. Anal fixation. Thank you. I didn't want to say fetish because that didn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) That was not correct. He was obsessed with buttholes. (laughs) Uh, That's not right. He had an anal fixation. For sure. Yep. Um, (laughs) If that wasn't obvious. Maybe he wanted his wife to fuck him in the butt with a strap on. Um, (laughs) 
And he just needed to repress that urge. You know what? Himself. You're right, and you should say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, shit, let me finish this up. Ugh, because it's so barbaric and horrible. Uh, da, 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 da. After drawing the wire through, the ends are twisted together and cut off close. We're still on this? Yep. I didn't want to hear that. It is now impossible for erection to occur. Well, yeah. Yeah, and no you shit. you would get a gangrenous penis and die. Yeah. So um, parents are assured that sewing their son's penis into its foreskin, quote, acts as the most powerful means of overcoming the disposition to resort to the practice of masturbation, unquote. So circumcision remains prevalent in the United States, though varying greatly by region, ranging from about 40% of newborns circumcised in Western states to about twice that in the Northeast. Um, never eat. Northeast is New York. Yeah. It's a pretty high Jewish population. That makes sense. Um, this widespread procedure, rarely a medical necessity, um, has its roots in the anti-masturbation campaigns of Kellogg and his like-minded contemporaries. As sexologist John Money explains. (laughs) John Money. Yeah, I know, right? Money shot. Quote, (laughs) neonatal circumcision crept into American delivery rooms in the 1870s and 1880s, not for religious reasons and not for reasons of health or hygiene, as is commonly supposed, but because of the claim that later in life it would prevent irritation that would cause the boy to become a masturbator. Lest lest you think Kellogg was interested only in the sadistic torture of boys in the same book, He's soberly in the same book. He soberly advises the application of carbolic acid to the clitorises <gasps> of young girls. No, to teach them not to touch themselves. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Kellogg, the Catholic Church, and Iranian clerics all demonstrate that sexual repression is a malady that considers itself the remedy. To paraphrase Carl Krauss's dismissal of psychoanalysis, I can't say that word. How are you feeling? I'm so angry. I'm feeling good. I hope he shat himself on uh, to death on the toilet. He died of lung cancer. He it should have been shit in his lungs, but he did shit a lot. He sat on a thr- like he sat on the shitter in front of people at his sanatorium and like gave speeches and stuff. He was a weirdo. He did. Oh yeah, he was a huge. You've got to listen to that episode, girl. He's nuts. Uh, he's an absolute insane person. But he did give us cornflakes because uh, he made his brother invent them for him and then tried to claim credit for them because he's a huge asshole. So. <laughs> So what were you told about masturbation when you were younger? I would love to hear that. I didn't know it was a thing until I was 16. Good God almighty. What did you do with yourself? Work. <laughs> I I was too exhausted. Okay, fair To be enough. honest. Because I was a slave for mm-hmm. the first part of my life. And then when I didn't have to be that anymore, I... um. I just worked myself to death at school, mm-hmm. but like I, I heard about it. Um, I heard about it when I was sixteen, and like 
I was trying to have a conversation with my mom about sex because like we hadn't had that conversation and there were things I didn't understand. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. We have led different lives. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, and she brought up masturbation, like being a sin. And then I was like, okay. Why? Why is it? I I don't know. She just wanted to say that to me to shut me up. I guess I don't know. Oh my god! But um, who was it hurting? Yeah, no one. Yeah, but then well, I'll I'll tell you why. Yeah, but then um, in my story, <laughs> cut this part out. No. What I, I started masturbating yeah. when I was seventeen, and I have not looked back. That's a delayed game. Yeah. If I ever heard one. Yeah. <laughs> when did this become a horror house? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My mom hears that. When did this become a horror house? <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Chicken! <laughs> you guys go watch Kevin Hart's new special. It's amazing. It's on Netflix. Go what room right are now. you in? I don't know. <laughs> Bamboo house. <laughs> Cross hatch. I don't know. <laughs> One thing I want to know is how did she not know what room he was in? How did she know. not see the number pop up? Because it's funnier if she doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> but it was so funny. I love him. So my story. Uh, I was given a book. I was always pretty fascinated with all things. Yeah. Adult. Um, I was given the talk when I was in fourth grade. Oh. Because that's when I started asking questions. Because somebody, one of my classmates came into school and said, did you know that you have to have sex to have a baby? (laughs) And I was like, what? No, you don't. (laughs) And I came home and told that story. And then that prompted my parents to decide that my father would sit down with me. Oh, wonderful. And tell me about sex. Um, (laughs) And I won't lie. I was terrified. Yeah. At the end of that, and was like, I am never doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful. Because that was before I'd even like looked at myself really yeah. down there. I was like, like in my head, the penis went in your pee hole, and I was like, that's awful. Yeah. And why would anyone do that? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why would that be fun? Right. So then I like took a mirror and checked my shit out and figured things out. So um, yeah. um, I. I was pretty married to my shower head oh. through most of middle school um, and most of high school. I didn't have sex until I was 18 and in college. So um, uh, as a person who was still figuring themselves out and figuring out what love meant and what dating was and what it meant to actually like a person for who they are as opposed to what they look like and things like that, mm-hmm. um, I, was, I am also someone with OCD, which means I have a deep-seated fear of punishment from the lord um, same omg right? same <laughs> and i just knew punishment deep, from the lord yeah i just knew deep within my soul that the first time i had sex would be the time that i got pregnant <laughs> i just knew it yep and as someone who is sexually active i can tell you that that's not true um <laughs> unprotectedly sexually active i can tell you that that's not true yeah um (laughs) hashtag sad um (laughs) hashtag sad but it's fine 
now that I'm trying to get pregnant, it won't work, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but, um, so I had to curb that in some way. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> my parents gave me this book though. Oh no. And it was called, fuck, what was it called? Uh, something about adolescence and Christianity. Hang on. Let me see if I can find it. I thought I would remember. I probably still have it somewhere, to be honest with you. I, I did get a book, or I got a couple of books when I was younger. It was, like, all about social shit, and there was, like, the tiniest chapter about sex. Yeah. And that's all I gave a shit about. Yeah. I didn't give a shit about social mores and, like, yeah. how to deal with gossip. Yeah. That was not where my interest lay. <laughs> yeah. In the throes of puberty. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. But I, I got books that were just about not getting pregnant and babies. I oh, didn't shit. get the I didn't get the actual sex talk. I got don't do that because you're it, you'll have a baby and none of us will be able to take care of it. And I was like, but yes. but what is it that I'm not supposed to do? I don't understand. Right. <laughs> that doesn't tell me what I'm not supposed to do. That just tells me not to do something. <laughs> There were some that were well, good. But. I don't know what it was called, but it was yeah. some Christian adolescence book. And it was, I think it was, the, I also, the same dude probably wrote, like, staying Christian in college and stuff like that. And I had no problem without his fucking book. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I am, I believe in God because of what I have experienced in life and the things and I, the, the, the path that my life has taken. And I, the more I, I study the way the world works, that's what I believe in. Yeah. However, comma. There are some people who are fucking nuts. And so, um, <laughs> and use that in a way to tell you, and they interpret that 10th commandment or whatever the fuck, whatever fucking commandment it is about adultery. Yeah. They take that to mean don't fucking have sex or think about sex. And that's not what it is. No. Let me just throw that out there. And if that steps on your toes, fuck you, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if, and, let me just say this if you don't want to have sex that's fine that's fine too yes if you don't want to have sex more because, power to you yes like however the uh the passage i remember reading in this book mm-hmm. there was a paragraph that was about four sentences long about what homos not homosexual <laughs> heterosexual sex was yeah in a very clinical and very detached way, mm-hmm. which is not what I was looking for. I was looking for spank <laughs> bank material, <laughs> and it was not happening. It was not happening. No, because I didn't have any access to any kind of romantic uh, young adult or adult fiction. So um, <laughs> I was looking time, for spank bank yeah, material. I was not looking for that. And <laughs> the next huge paragraphs plural long section was about masturbating oh of course and let me tell you i don't know if you've ever heard the argument as to why women shouldn't sleep with anyone else before they get married women mm-hmm. and specifically yeah shouldn't sleep with anyone before they get married and it's because what if the person you sleep with is so good that your husband pales in comparison that's what well. i heard a <laughs> lot and um so the thing i learned about masturbating from this particular Christian perspective, uh-huh. was what if you masturbate and your husband can't make you come? And so that forms a rift in your marriage because you can do it better than your husband. And I was like, oh, well, then I guess I should find a new husband. Or you, 
Or you teach your husband. Right? Whatever you talk to your to, partner. Yeah. Fucking communication. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I heard. So I convinced myself that it was the devil making me masturbate, but I still let him. Yeah. <laughs> I still let him. I still let him let me. <laughs> and uh, that is my journey. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh... I don't know, dude. It's been a confusing one, but shit. Like, I definitely learned to repress any kind of thoughts of a homosexual relationship. I definitely learned to repress a lot of things like that. And then once, you know, it took me about a week to lose my virginity once I went to college. (laughs) And once I discovered that, it was like, oh, (laughs) there's so much more to life. Oh, there's so much more to life. Yeah, and uh, not that I'm not at all wired for for casual sex at all, but, you know, the people I dated, my, my role is that I only sleep with people I'm in love with. And so, yeah, um, yeah I definitely learned how deep a connection can really go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I, I definitely, I also tried to really hammer home <clears throat> the promise to myself because I watched a lot of my friends make this mistake that... Um, just because they'd had sex with someone was not a reason to stay. Yeah. And uh, because women get so caught up in, oh, this is how many people I've slept with. We get so caught up in our number. I know how many people I've slept with. Josh doesn't know how many he's slept with. Because why would he keep track? Yeah. It doesn't affect him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he thinks like maybe 11, but... I know that looks like that sounds like a lot to you. And yeah, <laughs> I have friends who are way up in the double digits. Oh so, shit! Yeah, we're demi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't. Yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, same. However, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just no. inconceivable to both of us because we're not we're not wired that way. And so, like. I watched my roommate in college get really caught up in that of like, oh, but I've only slept with this person and I wanted this one person to be who I slept with. Guys don't give a shit about that. No. Some. Some guys don't give a shit about that, Mm -hmm. I should say. There are some that very much value their own masculine virginity. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) not that it would matter at all um, if it got out that they had, but to to most of society, but still. So um, anyway... I just wanted to get that out there mm-hmm. just because, I mean, I don't feel like the conservative story is told enough, to be honest with you. You just no. kind of hear about how everyone just kind of was wanking it forever. Yeah. So, <laughs> and not I, about how anyone wrestled with it at all. So yeah. I figured I just, we should just share a little yeah. bit. So, um, fortunately, if, um, this is, I'm going to pull from this blog a little bit now. So, um, if you are experiencing sexual repression... You are not alone. Many people in our society live with overt and unabashed sexual repression. In fact, if you grew up in a highly conservative and or religious environment, chances are that you possess some warped beliefs and ideals about sex and sexuality. Yep. Yeah. Uh, We can attest to that. Yes. Very much. (laughs) Um, Even if you were in a religious light. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) even if religion wasn't part of your childhood environment you may still be impacted by social standards or even lifestyle choices like Mm -hmm. being too sedentary sexual repression is a major issue in our world Mm -hmm. major issue 
Um, until this very day, a large percentage of us struggle to enjoy and honor sex fully thanks to the centuries of religious dogma that has been ingrained into our psyches. Um, <clears throat> here's a good one. This is one that I identify with. If you had a similar upbringing to me, again, this is this blog entry, and I don't remember what her name is. I'm so sorry. We will um, cite you as a source. Yeah. I know that she was from Australia. Um, <laughs> if you had a similar upbringing to me, you would have been taught, quote, to wear modest clothing under all circumstances. Mm -hmm. I was taught to not hang out with guys after dark because that's when they get horny. Oh, wow. I, you know what? I, they, I had a similar. That's yeah. when they get horny. Yeah. Women don't get horny. <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> that's not a word that's in our vocabulary. No. Um. I had kind of a similar teaching. Really? Yeah. It wasn't those exact words, but... Yeah, they split us into girls and guys when I was in high school mm -hmm. at youth group. And it was like, yeah. don't sit on a man on a guy's lap. Don't blah, 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 blah. This yeah. will make them horny. It was all about their sexual needs. Yeah. And so then that really translated into... Because I was raised thinking that men are constantly horny and just want to fuck us all the time. So then when I, I grew up and realized that that wasn't true at all. Uh -huh. And so now when my husband or boyfriend or whoever wasn't in the mood, I feel rejected. Yeah. Whether I want to or not, it's just, it's a part of it's, it's ingrained in the pathways of my, of my brain. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so when, Josh isn't in the mood or whoever I'm dating isn't in the mood. It makes me feel like I'm inadequate in some way. Less than. Yes. Yeah. Because it's not about your sexual pleasure. It's about theirs. Yes. And if you're, if they're not pleased, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't come, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shit on that. Shit on that real fast. Yeah. Uh, to wear modest clothing under all circumstances. Um, in her case, it was long skirts past the knees. Oh, honey. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, skirts are less modest because it's easier access. Yeah. But who am I to judge? Um, <laughs> you know, given the genitalia on people, men should be the ones wearing skirts and women should be the ones wearing pants. Oh, shit. Yeah. Kilts. Yeah. Yes, I'm down. I'm so <laughs> Batman down. in a kilt. A hundred percent down. Okay, uh, I love a man in a kilt. Mm. Um, only uh, another one was to only have sex when you get married because otherwise you'll be a fornicator, whore. <laughs> when did this, this become, become a whorehouse? <laughs> um, another one was to protect your private parts and to. To not fiddle with your bits because it causes blindness. Have you oh, never heard that one? I have. Yeah. I didn't... Fiddle with your bits. She's Australian. I love it. I heard the word fornication, fornication. when I was younger. And I I had also heard of the TV series Californication. Oh! So oh. one time, <laughs> my mom and I were having a conversation. And... Oh no! Uh, <laughs> I I'm didn't. So happy. <laughs> I didn't like. I kind of knew what fornication meant, but I thought that, that was an abbreviation for Californication. Because <gasps> oh I, I was. 
<laughs> I was convinced that California is where people were just having sex outside yes. of marriage all the time. Yes. And California, land of the heathen. <laughs> And so I, we were talking about sex before marriage, and I said the word Californication, thinking it just meant fornication. I had never been more wrong. Viva Californication. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it so much. Okay. It so. was not entirely my fault. No, it was not. A hundred percent it was not. Um, okay. So, um, and then it says masturbation myths may vary. Um, <laughs> according to your own culture. Yeah. So, uh, really, there are dozens of other bizarre teachings out there about sexuality that I haven't mentioned here. Um, these t- teachings may can be subtle and quiet or loud and blatant. Mm-hmm. Um, And her definition of sexual repression was, put simply, sexual repression is the um, experience of being unable to express one's natural sexuality in a fulfilling way. Yeah. I find that to be a beautiful definition. It is. Um, When a person is sexually repressed, their sexual urges, drives, and instincts are stunted. Um, This inability to openly and confidently express one's sexuality can cause tremendous unhappiness. Uh, those suffering from sexual repression often feel lethargic, frigid, irritable, and flat-out uninterested or overly interested in sex. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Uh, I've experienced both. Yep. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I definitely felt a lot of shame, especially when, um... Because a lot of times I feel, as someone who's more fluid, like, I feel like it just don't belong. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, because I like both. Like, gender just isn't a factor. Yeah. I just love people. Same here. You know? And um, so, and because homosexuality is so stigmatized, and I always really felt like you should be one or the other for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I, you didn't understand both. Yeah. Like, thankfully, it's 2019. And I was like, but. Uh, so if it's a choice, I'll choose guys because it's like normal or whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And um, I do generally prefer men. Not, you know, I'm a little more towards that side of the spectrum, mm-hmm. but it also doesn't matter. And so um, yeah. to me, and so um, I don't know, like when people would say, oh, my friend, my, my friend has this, had this ex-boyfriend uh, we were dating both of our exes at the same time, and he always used to tease me about being a lesbian all the time. He would just be like, oh, I knew you were a lesbian, and it would just be like, okay, well, that feels kind of true. Yeah. But also not, so I don't know how to take that. And it just was really confusing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it just, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that. But it just, <sighs> sex is something that's really, com- that, that, that's very deeply rooted in your personality. Like, your sexual desires and things are something that's very deeply rooted in your personal identity and in your yep. personality. And so it's just... Because it's such a personal part of you. It's the most personal part of you. And yeah. And so even being out feels like a lot and feels exposed. And so yeah. it's, it, you know, like, it's it's just like a weird... It weirdly invites questions as to, like, what you like to do in your in your own private bedroom and yeah. like whose business is that 
you know and so <laughs> yeah. it, especially particularly i feel really bad for guys who are bisexual too because it's just it's yeah more more so than women to be honest with you because it invites so much more and i don't know it's just one of those things so um <laughs> so let's talk about why sex makes us feel so uncomfortable <laughs> shall we yes shall we okay it's been an hour and a half, but we've talked a lot about a lot of things I'm going to mm-hmm. cut out. So um, <laughs> so uh, why does sex make us feel so uncomfortable? So why is it that we are fine with watching characters on TV get shot, stabbed, decapitated, and violently brutalized, but not fine with watching a graphic sex scene? <laughs> you wait for the sweet release of death. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John Oliver. I've had so many parents come into that to the movie store mm-hmm. where we both used to work like so many parents have come in and I, well one in particular woman came in and said like i don't want any of these superhero movies because it shows off the guy's junk in their superhero suit and all this shit all this stuff about magic i don't want any magic she didn't want like what is it nanny mcphee or whatever because that's magic and that's oh witchcraft. my god but then she wanted to rent the movie 2012 which is about an apo- the apocalyptic annihilation of weather destroying all lives and i yeah. was like that's rated R, and she was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. It's just violence. Oh, my God. Who Real was life? it? I, pff, fuck, I don't know. It was when I was in college. Oh. It was a long time ago, but yeah. it's always stuck with me because it was like, okay, so you're great with repressing your kid's sexuality and repressing their imagination. Yeah. But it's fine if they see violence. Interesting. I wonder how sexual repression leads to violence. <laughs> Why would that correlation be there? It's so crazy. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> why would that happen? Why would it happen? It's just nuts. <laughs> why are we comfortable with buying our children video games that encourage killing sprees, but not comfortable with letting our children watch movies that have an erotic BDSM scene? Why we, do we expose and desensitize ourselves to one reality of life and not the other? Mm-hmm. Why not all realities of life? Um, I've had a lot to drink. Um, so the answer lies in the way we have been conditioned by not only our parents, not only our parents, the media and society, but more importantly, our religious institutions, which have set the foundation in our society for what is valued, what is shunned, what is viewed as right and what is perceived as wrong. Mostly religious, some scientific. Yeah. As we've learned, it's from both sides. Yeah. Atheists, you're not out of this. Um, so... Sexual repression is the product of a mind that believes that sexuality and coitus are wrong, dirty, or immoral. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on what religious environment slash culture you were raised in, you may have been taught beliefs such as sex is impure. You should not have it until you're married. If a man lies with another man as he lies with a woman, he is an abomination. Women who have sex with unmarried men are fornicators and whores. Masturbation is dirty and unnatural. God will punish the sexually impure. God's got better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> God's got more things to take care of. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, like, don't be an asshole. Yeah. But, you know, or like a rapist. But yeah. shit. Um, don't cheat on people. But, yeah. you know, you do you. Yeah. If your thing is for your partner to shit in your mouth, you go for it. Yeah. Blah. Providing you're both consenting adults. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> there are plenty more impure things that people do on a daily basis. Uh-huh. That ain't got nothing to do with sex. Oh, for sure. 
like, worse, yeah. worse things. Yeah. Way worse things. Okay, so while some parts of the world have become more liberal, <laughs> thanks, Tinder, um, <laughs> all of us have been subliminally and unconsciously affected by the centuries of stiff-lipped religious ethics that have gone before us. Uh, these rigid and inhumane ideologies have encouraged us to repress and shun our sexuality. So here are some quotes that perpetrate the belief that sex and sexuality is evil, wrong, and something to be controlled and corrected. Um, when the temptation to masturbate is strong, yell stop to those thoughts as loudly as you can in your mind. Then recite the portion of the Bible. Then resort, <laughs> recite a portion of the Bible or sing a hymn. Oh my God. That's from the Mormon Guide to Self-Control. Oh yeah. Of course it is. Turn it off. Like a light switch, just go click. <laughs> it's a nifty little Mormon trick. Sorry, that's from Book of Mormon, the musical. It's okay. I, I want to watch it so bad. Okay. <laughs> Uh, many women who do not dress modestly lead young men astray and spread adultery in society, which increases earthquakes. How? How does that increase I'm earthquakes? I'm going to butcher this guy's name because he's Iranian. Hajatolasam Kasam Sadiqi. He's an Iranian cleric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. When the that Christian, sounds right. <laughs> when the Christian majority takes over this country, there will be no satanic churches, no more free distribution of pornography, no more talk of the rights of homosexuals. That's from Gary Potter, not Harry Potter, president of the Catholics for Christian Politician Action. Damn it, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the women and the woman and the man guilty of adultery for fornic or fornication flog each of them with a hundred stripes let not compassion move you in their case in a matter of prescribed by allah if ye believe in allah in the last day and let a party of the believers witness their punishment surah 24 2 i mean as awful as that is at least they're punishing the man too and not just the woman oh, I know, right um here's another one Oh, are you ready? Yeah. Sex education classes in our public schools are promoting incest. How in the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> no, Game they're not. Is promoting incest. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's from Jerry Swaggart, American pastor. Not He doesn't represent all the pastors. No. He represents himself. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, neither plague, nor war, nor smallpox, nor a crowd of similar evils, here it is, this is the one that we read earlier, uh -huh. have resulted more disastrously for humanity than the habit of masturbation. Is the, it is the destroying element of civilized society. That's the New Orleans Medical and Surgical Journal. Because atheists, you are not out of this. Immoral sex is never safe. Sex. Oh my god. We are, we are to give our body to our spouse only within the context of a permanent marriage commitment. Well, you know what? Nothing's permanent. See Genesis 2.24. Anything less than this dishonors the high purpose that God intends for our sexuality. Premarital sex is therefore self-centered. It seeks immediate physical pleasure at the expense of God's design for us and our partner. That's from Dennis McCollum and Gary Lishmushmut. Lishmushmut? <laughs> yep, I don't know how you say his name. De Lishmushmut? 
the myth of romance. And I can tell you as someone who has had sex outside of marriage and someone who's had sex inside of marriage that that is not a fucking truth. Yeah. At all. I mean, I can't can't say that because I haven't had sex inside of marriage. But I mean... (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I'm sure it's different. Well, there was so much shit that was put on me. Yeah. If you have sex before you get married, your husband won't want you. Or if you both have sex before marriage, you're thinking of your other partners while you're together. And that's not fucking true. No. Or you'll have to compete with the other 10 women he slept with. No. It's about the connection you have on a personal level. Mm -hmm. That's not at all correct. Yeah. So much fear mongering and so much shame was put on, was put on us. Yeah. So these quotes represent just a tiny speck of the endless array of dogmatic and damaging beliefs circulating sex in our society. It's no wonder that so many of us are deeply sexual repressed, sexually repressed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're experiencing chronic tension, nervousness and irritability, Uh uh-huh weird um (laughs) insomnia aggression Mm -hmm. erotic dreams like excessive erotic dreams yep uh receiving visits from sex demons like those people who think that like there's a succubus in their room uh or an incubus yeah yeah Yeah. Uh or if you've married a 300 year old ghost (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness See our Patreon content for details. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah. I told my mom about that and she was like, well, I can't judge because that's probably where I'm heading. (laughs) I was Ah! like, Karen. (laughs) I mean, you could just like pick better, but whatever. (laughs) Um, So another one is a lack of assertiveness. Mm -hmm. Always taking the blame. Or if you have an excessive interest in sex, like it's all you think about all the time, mm-hmm. that could be a sign that you are. Um, <laughs> this is so funny. Whether you cringe and get embarrassed every time a sex scene comes on TV or get hot and flustered while reading your Fifty Shades of Grey novel, <laughs> excessive, impor- Im- excessive importance placed in sex is frequently a sign of sexual repression. So excessive interest in sex, that doesn't just mean, oh, you're horny all the time. It means like excessively you're looking to get away from it as yeah. well. It's both sides of that coin. Mm-hmm. So, Marsha, whatever the fuck your name is from Parks and Rec. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, here's some things, here's some examples of sexual repression in your family may include discomfort with any form of nudity, discomfort with sex scenes appearing on the TV or in movies. Mm-hmm. Definitely happened in my house. Uh, shaming sexual expression. For example, don't be a dirty girl and take your hands out of your pants. Oh. Labeling sex dirty, bad, and or wrong. Secrecy surrounding sex and sexuality in the family. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Rigid gender roles. Yep. Definitely happened. Um, intolerance toward any form of sexual expression. So, <laughs> she said, this is kind of funny. As a baby laying on your changing table, you were never sexually repressed. This wound has been inherited by you, and you don't have to let it control your life. Aww. Other reasons for this could include low self-esteem, body insecurity, and um, also having been sexually abused. So note real quick here, if you were raped or sexually abused, uh, we recommend that you seek out psychotherapeutic guidance. 
Um, if you haven't already, definitely go and get therapy. And this is definitely a vital step in the healing process um, and in regeneration. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and there's definitely a lot that you can do to heal it. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Really, so I'm really excited to shut the fuck up now. Okay. And just listen to this amazing story you're about to tell me. Okay. All right. <laughs> Do you have any guesses? No. None. Okay. I mean, I have some, but they're probably all wrong. Okay. So Dahmer. S- Fuck you. <gasps> Is it really? Yeah. Yay! I'm so happy. <laughs> I was going to say Gacy. Yeah. Uh, no. He's a good one, too. He is a good one, but I went with Dahmer. I'm so happy no one <laughs> ever talks about Dahmer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have let me guess. I shouldn't have. Okay, so we're going to... I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got a lot of my... Or all of my information from Murderpedia. Nice. Thank you, Murderpedia. Yes. And I also have another little article from the New New York Post. Okay. So, um, but most of it is coming from Murderpedia. So, this is Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer, a.k.a. the Milwaukee Cannibal. (laughs) <laughs> so we're kind of cross we're crossing over into other future episodes with this one too yes i feel like we've got cannibalism on our list oh yes have you seen the movie yet no my friend Dahmer. Mm-mm. it's really good it got stolen before i fucking could it's really good. is it not on anything is it not on netflix or anything Mm-mm. Hmm. i'll have to, i'll we're gonna have to find a way to get yeah, it yeah yeah because it's really good okay all right if those of you haven't seen it it's not the Dahmer movie you're expecting. It's only about him in high school. So it shows you the backstory. Yeah. Which is really intriguing. Mm-hmm. Sorry to steal your thunder. I'm going to shut the fuck up now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, he was a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his characteristics were rape, dismemberment, necrophilia, and cannibalism. He had 17 victims. Uh, he murdered from 1978 to 1991. That's a long fucking time. Yep. That's longer than I thought it was. Wow. Mm-hmm. 91. That was That's relatively recent. recent. Yeah. Um, I was alive, so it's recent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was arrested on July 22nd, 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born on May 21st, 1960. Um, so again, there were 17 victims and, uh, I do have a list of them right here that I want to go so through. What, is, what was the year range there? Uh, 78 to 91. 78. So it's like 10 years, 13, over 10, 13 years. Yeah. Around okay. 13. Mm-hmm. So that's almost one a year. A little more. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and these are in order. Um, Stephen Hicks was his first victim. He was 19. Uh, Stephen Toomey, Toomey, uh, he was 26, uh, James or Jamie Doxtator or Doxtator, he was 14. Oh my God. These people are all so young. Mm -hmm. Richard Guerrero, uh, he was 25. Anthony Sears was 26. Eddie Smith, 36. Ricky Beeks was 27. Ernest Miller, 22. David Thomas, 23. Curtis Strotter, 19. Mm. Errol Lindsay, 19. Tony Hughes, 31. Conorax Synthesome. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Him, 14. 
<laughs> so sorry. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're drunk. Drunk and white. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Turner, who was 20, Jeremiah Weinberger, 23, Oliver Lacey, 23, and Joseph Bradyhoff, 25. That's so many people. Yeah. His method was strangulation and then cutting their throat. And um, he did it in the Ohio, Wisconsin areas. And um, he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. He was sentenced to 15 life terms, totaling 957 years in prison in Wisconsin on February 15, 1992. Uh, he was sentenced to life in prison in Ohio in May 1992. And he was murdered in jail by convicted murderer Christopher Scarber on November 28, 1994. Yeah. He didn't make it very long. No. And um, I think it's really beautiful that you just read all of his victims' names. I thought that was important. I thought that was really beautiful yeah way to honor their memories before we talk about what kind of monster killed them yeah and i'm very sorry for the names that i totally butchered it it was not (laughs) not intentional yeah it was not meaning to make fun of them in any sort of way it it was just i can't fucking say names yeah it's apparently the problem (laughs) we can't read (laughs) um that was just really that was really cool yeah um um so I've got a timeline. Okay. And this is going to take us through his murder spree. Well, but or it's well not through really his a life spree. Too. Like, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, one or two a year isn't much of a killing spree, especially, like, in the world of serial killers. That's yeah. very methodical. Yeah. That's fair. In in my head, as someone who is not an investigator or a police officer in any way, or psychologist <laughs> in any way, that that sounds very... I mean, you know, you hear Ted Bundy's story and it's like, I murdered 40 people in one night kind yeah. of thing. And mm-hmm. then that's a killing spree. Yeah. This is like calculated. Very calculated, it sounds. Yeah. Which seems telling as to why he didn't get the insanity plea he was yeah. looking for. He He knew. He knew better. A hundred percent. All right. All right. So the life and crimes of Jeffrey Dahmer. Life and crimes. Yes. And it's. That's our, that's the title of our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> life and crimes. Life and crimes. And water. That was one that we talked about. Was yeah. something about our podcast about water. <laughs> about how beautiful water is. Yeah. <laughs> check us out yeah (laughs) all right so uh may 21st 1960 um he was born at evangelical deaconess hospital in milwaukee Uh, according to jeffrey's father his mother suffered bouts of partial paralysis during the pregnancy Um, doctors were unable to find any reason for the paralysis she was given injections of barbiturates and morphine which would finally relax her later she was given uh phenobarbital as well Mm. while she was pregnant yep oh wow yeah well i knew his mom was mentally ill well uh, apparently she also had a very rough pregnancy yeah because holy shit yeah they're giving her those drugs while she's pregnant that's probably part of the reason for his behavior well you never know but yeah Yeah. i mean did you finish your drink no not yet okay i'm about to okay (laughs) i was like that's still up there (laughs) so the dahmer's in 1962, the Dahmers moved to Ames, Iowa, so Jeffrey's father could work on his Ph.D. in chemistry. Mm-hmm. In 64, uh, Jeffrey was diagnosed with a double, a double hernia in his scrotum. 
Surgery corrected it. Extreme pain suffered by the child both before and after the surgery could conceivably have influenced later feelings of sexual inadequacy. Fuck. Inadequacy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or insecurity. Uh, Lionel claimed that it was uh, from this time on that Jeffrey began to become more and more withdrawn and introverted. So at four years old, he's already showing some not good signs. You hear that, Kellogg? If you make people's dicks hurt when they're tiny, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't result in them not wanting to r- masturbate. It makes them cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> it makes them horrific cannibals. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, God. Fuck you, Kellogg. Yeah. Let's make shirts that say that. Yeah. In that font. Yes. Fuck you, the Kel- Kellogg. The Kellogg font. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? We can make them. I'm sure. Yeah. Fuck you, Kellogg. That needs to be our new catchphrase. Yes. <laughs> Instead of fudging patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Kellogg. Yes. Get I'm back on part. your toilet, Kellogg. Seriously. Holy shit. Go shit your pants. Yeah. In November of 1966, the Dahmers moved to Doylestown, Ohio. Uh, there were several other moves over the next year as they searched for just the right place. A place to bring up Jeffrey and his brother David, who was born on December 18th of 1966. I didn't even know he had a brother. Mm-hmm. I did because I watched the movie. No, well, that's and fair. It's about his childhood and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, There's so- a lot of sibling rivalry and a lot of comparison. Uh, doesn't surprise because me. Because he felt so isolated and his brother, like, things kind of came naturally too. And Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad. Uh, the pregnancy was as difficult for Miss Dahmer as her first. At this time, a teacher, Jeffrey, was in first grade. Uh, noticed that Jeffrey seemed to feel neglected. This, of course, a normal. Uh, this is, of course, a normal reaction for someone used to being an only child whose yes. family suddenly expands. Yes, most get over it fairly quickly. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Jeffrey's father describes him as being extraordinarily shy and withdrawn during this period. Actually, terrified of new people and situations. Oh, yeah. In 1968, I want to move here. As someone who was an only child for seven years of my life, I get that. But I've also been very independent for most of my life. Yeah. You don't get it. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, it was weird, but like, it wasn't like today where people are like, oh, go play with your kids. Like, I don't want to play with my mom. Yeah. I never experienced. I don't. I mean, I did a little bit. Like, it was fun when she did play with me, Mm -hmm. but like. Most of the time I played by myself. Yeah. You know? So. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's My niece is like up my sister-in-law's butt like all the time. And I'm just like, (laughs) what? So in 1968, the family moved to Bath, Ohio. (laughs) Um, uh, Oh, yikes. Uh, Jeffrey's father has reported that Jeffrey was sexually abused by a neighbor at the, a neighbor boy at this time. Jeffrey himself claims to remember no such thing. Molestation can be a factor in gender confusion and hostility. Mm. That doesn't mean that everyone that was molested will have gender no. confusion or hostility issues, no. but definitely not. It can in a perfect storm. Yeah, lead to I was going to say like like what I said in my section, it can be the perfect storm of nature and nurture and yeah. Yeah, just those particular puzzle pieces. Yeah. All right, we're about to get into the good stuff. Um, <laughs> Quote, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However you want to define that. <laughs> um, the horrible th- yeah. stuff. 
In late 1970, Jeffrey's mother was hospitalized twice for psychiatric problems. According to Lionel, she had been taking drugs to deal with her extreme nervousness for years, but they didn't work well. And she was not a stabilizing influence in Jeffrey's life. No. I mean, you can't be if if you're not medicated that's, well. And, and that's not her fault. No, that's the way she's portrayed in the movie as someone yeah. with very serious mental illness. Yeah. Serious anxiety and serious paranoia. And when you're in that kind of environment, because she was, I mean, his dad was in school to be a chemist and uh-huh. stuff. You know, he was gone a lot and she oh, yeah. was there all the time and so she was terrified of everything and so that's 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 the main environment you're in like that's not healthy yeah no for anyone whether you're male or female that's and and then plus on top of that his weird hernia thing that caused him so much pain surrounding his genitals and then like whatever homosexuality he felt which is part of it you mm-hmm. know it's just it's just a lot yeah and his dad had chemicals that he had, you know, access to. Yeah. For things that I feel like you're about to talk about. <laughs> All right. Let's get going. <laughs> um, during his school years, Jeffrey built a reputation as a misfit with a penchant for stupid pranks and very heavy drinking. Uh, he was like an alcoholic by the time he graduated high school. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was sad. It's super um, crazy. Yeah. What would you be like as an alcoholic when you're eight? <laughs> I wore my pajamas to school and I pretended that I was a fucking fireman. <laughs> oh my goodness. What did you do? Colored. What did you do? <laughs> Colored. What did you color? Some fucking brontosaurus. <laughs> Hashtag John Mulaney. <laughs> Some fucking brontosaurus. Some fucking brontosaurus. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh my goodness. Hold on. What? Your phone is buzzing. Sorry about that, guys. I'm going to put my phone on Do Not Disturb so it does not disturb me. <laughs> No more disturbing. <laughs> it's about to get even more disturbing. Yeah. I, I have enough disturbance. Yeah, this guy's crazy. Yeah. He's he crazy. Well, he, well, not insane, but he's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, some of his quote-unquote pranks. These are not pranks. This is just being a weirdo. <laughs> um, <laughs> such, yeah. <laughs> such as shouting things out at random times. Because that's a, that's the height of pranking well and it wasn't um, even like words yeah it was just no. like blah, blah, blah. he was yeah like watch yeah. the movie it's weird <laughs> <laughs> bleeding like a sheep mm-hmm. and faking epileptic fix is not that's not cool uh, sound eerily similar to the childhood behavior of author shall cross another serial killer who practiced cannibalism Ooh, weird yeah weird mm-hmm they like, the way they did it in the movie was like he got a laugh out of it like once mm-hmm. and so he just kept doing it like all the time yeah yeah that that makes sense yeah <laughs> uh they don't seem to resemble each other in very many other ways that <laughs> reminded me of a tumblr post <laughs> and it made me giggle <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> sorry <laughs> cool continuing mm-hmm <laughs> 
June 4th, 1978, uh, Jeffrey graduated from high school. By this point, he was living alone. His parents were going through an extremely bitter divorce and had each moved out. Because Jeffrey at 18 was legally an adult, the law did not allow for anyone to have custody of him. Mm. Therefore, no one took custody. Instability and a lack of emotional support continued. June 18th. So, literally two weeks. So, like, just to clarify, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people that grow up in very similar situations and don't go on to murder and eat people. Yeah. However, comma... When you couple this with extreme sexual repression and extreme mental illness, mm-hmm. plus the environment that you're in, just to, I just wanted to throw that out there because like we're both we've both experienced some pretty serious sexual repression, mm-hmm. but we didn't murder and eat people. Like no. <laughs> we're just showing you the extreme. I just wanted to throw that out there real fast because this is about to get real bad. <laughs> oh, it's about to get real dark. Yeah. Um, okay. So. Two weeks after he graduated from high school. Yep. On June 18th, 1978. So to the day, two weeks. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Dahmer picked up 19-year-old Stephen Mark Hicks hitchhiking. They went back to the house for a few beers. When Hicks tried to leave, Dahmer clubbed him with a barbell and strangled him with it. Oh, my God. Yep. Over the next couple of weeks, he methodically stripped the flesh from the bones, <gasps> smashed the bones, and disposed of the few remains in the backyard. See, now this is where the movie ends. The movie ends with him picking this guy up mm-hmm. on the side of the highway hitchhiking. Yeah. It's written from the perspective of his best friend in high school. Oh. Who was a, um, it was a graphic novel, I believe, that he wrote. Yeah. Because he was, a, he was an artist. And yeah. And so throughout it, it shows him drawing Dahmer as like a comic book character kind Mm -hmm. of so it's from his perspective yeah and then yeah sorry that totally interrupted the story for no reason i just didn't want to think about him methodically stripping the flesh from someone's bones (laughs) um (laughs) um it's about that's insane yeah Yeah. wow and this article has its moments of being really funny so Mm -hmm. and, and that's about to come up here in a minute okay cool um Dahmer said he killed hicks because he didn't want him to leave At least one survivor of a Dahmer attack reported that after he had been at Dahmer's apartment for a while, voluntarily, he mentioned that he wanted to leave and Jeffrey's attitude changed. His voice became panicky and then the attack began. However, Dahmer's fascination with death and the dead was already pronounced by the time he picked up Stephen Hicks. Friends said he liked to pick up roadkill and take it to a shed behind his house to skin the bodies. Mm -hmm. He also had a small animal cemetery. There were rumors that he killed neighborhood dogs and cats and even mounted a dog's head on a stake. Yeah, I didn't watch that part of the movie. Yeah, don't blame (laughs) you. Um, There is a bit where, like, he's picking up, like, rodents and things that are roadkill and things, and he's, like, dissolving it in chemicals mm -hmm. that his dad had. Yeah. Because his dad was a chemist, Mm -hmm. and his dad let him, kind of. Yeah. Which can be cool if you're going to, like, go on to be a mortician or something like that. Like, that's fine, but this in him specifically manifested in something much darker. And, yeah, he like, they show, like, that he had this whole shed where he had, like rats and rabbits and squirrels and that's so possums sad. and things like dissolving in jars yeah. and stuff and yeah it's just i couldn't watch the the puppy part though yeah no i couldn't either i'm such a dog person <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh this bizarre behavior must have influenced jeffrey's decision to kill hicks after all if he just wanted to keep hicks from leaving he could have tied him up 
corpses are poor company generally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true that's very true i didn't know he had a survivor yep at all wow oh i want to hear that guy's movie <laughs> yeah seriously oh shit um Alrighty. Another explanation for the killer's panicky tone when the prospective victim wanted to leave could simply be the stress of reali- realizing that, if he was going to kill the target, he'd better do it soon. Dahmer did indicate that he never liked the killing much. He only did it to acquire dead bodies. Whoa. Yeah. That's almost scarier. That's, yeah, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. That's that homicidal necrophilia that we were talking about in mm-hmm. our necrophilia episode. Yeah. We touched on it for a second. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm. After okay. his after, <laughs> after his high school graduation, Dahmer enrolled in Ohio State University. He stayed only one semester before dropping out. He was now creating his own instability, which if you've been brought up in that environment, mm-hmm. you're going to continue doing mm-hmm. that unless you have... Someone stable to help guide you. Yeah. yeah. It's, you, you we t- tend to stick with what we're familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason I'm $3,000 in debt. <laughs> <laughs> That's less than I am. <laughs> uh, it's Not st- by my choice. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. It's, but. yeah, it's still, it, it sits here. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, do you really want to buy that? Yeah, it's bad. Or do you want to spend debt. that money? Paying off your debt. Yeah. Um, It's rough. Yeah. So um, on December 24th, 1978, uh, Dahmer's father remarried. Uh, On December 29th, a few days later, uh, Jeffrey was sworn into the army. After failing to become an MP, he was trained as a medic and assigned to Baumholder, Germany. This was far from a plum assignment. It was also very... A very few years after the humiliation of Vietnam, when morale and discipline and the Armed forces were poor and drug and alcohol abuse widespread. I'm sorry. That's just who you want as a medic mm-hmm. is the fucking cannibal. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Absolutely. Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, no. Oh, boy. Um... In the army, Dahmer no longer stood out as a clown and prankster. He was noticed, however, for not being not only a very heavy drinker, but as an unpleasant, even violent drunk. Mm. After wow. his arrest in Milwaukee became known around the world, authorities in Germany looked to see if they could connect Dahmer to murders that took place there. Though information is sketchy, it seems likely that a serial killer was active in the area at the time, but that it was not Dahmer. Um... The vic- oh, that's weird. Yeah. The victims in Germany were young women. Dahmer only killed men. Men. Yeah. Because he was gay. Yeah. March 26, 1981. Not that men who kill men are only gay. But yeah, no. He, he was gay. Yeah. And that's... That was his sexual repression. Yeah. Leading this homicidal rage. Yeah. Um, March 26. Very much so. Yeah. 1981, uh, Dahmer was discharged from the army before his enlistment was up because his drinking had reached the point where he simply didn't function anymore. Back in the U.S., he went to Florida where he slept on the beach for a few months before returning to Ohio. He slept on the beach for a few months? (laughs) Yeah, a few months. Ew. Not a few days. He must have smelled so bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honest to God, I didn't. I feel like I knew he was in the army, but maybe I forgot. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, 
that speaks to so much too because like don't ask don't tell was such a big thing and wow yep mm. Um, okay. October 7th, 1981, Dahmer was arrested for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest and paid a small fine. He was drunk. Yeah. Of course. August 7th, 1982, Dahmer was arrested again for disorderly conduct. He dropped his pants in public. By this time, (laughs) Dahmer was living with his grandmother in part because she seemed to be the only person he responded to with anything like affection. Oh, weird. Yeah. And I also just want to say when they say drunk, they mean like serious hard liquor. Yeah. From what I saw in the in the movie that I watched was that was about him in high school. I mean, it was a flask filled with serious hard like vodka or whiskey. Like wow. This the the real shit. Yeah. You know, and so it was like he was sh- like when they say oh he was drunk, it was he was shit faced. Yeah. Shit faced out of his mind. Yeah gone mm. <laughs> <laughs> um all righty which i just can't fathom how alcoholics do that i don't i, I can't either <laughs> um september 8th 1986 jeffrey was arrested when he deliberately exposed himself while urinating in front of a group of children in milwaukee oh shit <laughs> another version of the story has it that he was masturbating oh no <laughs> That's not where you masturbate. No. You do that in private. <laughs> oh, no. Let's not do that here. No. Oh, that's for yourself. Yep. I mean, do it in front of a mirror if you want. Even. Yeah. Like, make your, you do you, make yourself feel sexy. But damn, not in front of kids. No. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not where you do that. We don't do that here. <laughs> You don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Alrighty. So, by this time, Dahmer was a frequent visitor to gay bars and bathhouses. He was barred from one bathhouse because of allegations that on at least four separate occasions, he took someone to a private booth and drugged them. No charges were filed, though one of the victims was hospitalized for a week or so. Oh, shit. Yeah. From whatever drugs he gave them. Yep. On another note, how amazing does a bathhouse sound? Right. Um, September 15th, 1987, the murder of Stephen W. Toomey, age 24. Dahmer claimed he woke up in a hotel room and found the victim dead with no memory of doing anything to him. He bought a big suitcase, transported the body back to his grandmother's house, and proceeded to dispose of it much as he had done to the body of Stephen Hicks. In his grandma's house? Yep. Oh, that's fucked. We don't do that at grandma's house. No. <laughs> no. Poor grandmother. Yeah, seriously. I, I mean, could you imagine? No. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. That's awful. That poor woman. Yeah. Of course, um, we don't know her story either, but damn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is really interesting. Uh, nine years passed between the first and second murders. In a sense, the time was so long that the second murder could be treated mentally as another first murder. He spent years working up to it, learning how to approach other men, how to drug them, how much to drug them. He may have been too drunk to remember the murder. Or he may have avoided the memory because it was unpleasant. He wasn't very skilled at killing yet. Oh. And that that's just so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. Wow. 
All right, so now we're to it's 19. fascinating that you could, it could be so far in between that you could think of it as another first time. Yeah. Like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right, January 1988, James Doxtater, 14, killed. Dahmer offered him money to pose nude for photos, took him back to his grandmother's house. After sex, Dahmer drugged and strangled him. By now, his pattern of using acid and crush, uh, crushing force to destroy their remains was practiced. March 24th, 1988, Richard Guerrero, 25, came back to Dahmer's grandmother's house for nude photos. Again, after sex, Dahmer drugged and strangled the victim. September 25th, 1988, Dahmer moved into his own place. He offered $50 to a 13-year-old to pose nude, gave him drugged coffee, and fondled him. The boy escaped. Dahmer was arrested. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Wait, so did that kid, I guess, run off and tell someone? Yeah. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. 13. So many victims of sexual abuse keep silent. And yeah. that that is insane. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, from here on, the pace of the murders picked up significantly. Once he had his own place, Dahmer wait, seems... Wait, wait, So he was arrested, but not... Not, like... Prosecuted in any way. And not that I can see in or this timeline. Oh, no. Yeah. I just burped into the microphone. <laughs> you can cut um, it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was silent when you did that. So. <laughs> you did. It was really quiet. It happened <laughs> very audibly. <Yeah. laughs> um, so once he had his own place, Dahmer seems to have lost most of what little control he had. Uh, January 1989, Jeffrey was convicted of second-degree sexual assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes. Uh, sentenced on May 23rd to five years and three years. Five years? And three years. Sentences to be served concurrently. Wait, when, what year was this? 1989. Yeah, the 80s can go to prison. Yeah. Um, that is... A extremely short period of time for that. That's, That's awful. Insane. Yeah. Um, but do you want to hear something even worse? Always. He only served 10 months. No! Then began five That's years not- probation. That's not even a fucking year. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, no. Oh my God. How? It's not like he was like super charismatic. Yeah. He's he wasn't the charismatic serial killer. He was an alcoholic and he was fucking weird. Yeah. Like uh I don't get it. Like you can see that of someone like Ted Bundy or mm-hmm. like even Ed Kemper or you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, the people who are very well spoken and very they have that mask in place. You know you know? But, yeah. Not this guy. This guy was weird. Yeah. The reason he was murdered in prison was people couldn't stand how fucking weird he was. I'm going to get to that. Yeah. Like, Quit. sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's okay. He he wasn't that kind of serial killer. Yeah, no. Like, maybe to the people he picked up, he put on that face, but not... I don't know. Yeah, I just can't. I can't. I mean, it really speaks to the time period and what... Mm-hmm. The well, I mean, he was, these kind of crimes were. Yeah. He was also like offering money and like mm-hmm. making them feel good by offering to take pictures of them and like yeah. wanting to take pictures of them and like, I mean, he's probably in seedy parts of these towns and yeah. Well, and I mean, this is before the selfie yeah. and all of that. This is what makes you feel like you're worth something. Yeah. 
All right. So March 25th, and this is still 1989, Anthony Sears, 24, was last seen alive. Dahmer met him at a club, took him back to his grandmother's house. After sex, he drugged Sears and murdered him. Sears' painted skull was recovered from Dahmer's apartment after his arrest in 1991. Did you say painted skull? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So he was practicing his art. Uh huh. <laughs> On a human skull. But <laughs> um, maybe we should put that on a t-shirt. Blah. <laughs> Blah. <laughs> Hashtag not a monster. <laughs> Underneath. <laughs> All right. So now we're business meeting. Yeah. Now we're in 1990. May 29th. Ricky Beeks, 33, was last seen alive. Dahmer met him at a club and offered him money to pose for nude pictures. He drugged and strangled him and had sex with the body. Oh, in that order? Mm-hmm. The victim's painted skull, again, was recovered from Dahmer's apartment after his arrest in 1991. Do we know what he painted on the skull? I or don't. Or is it just some kind of weird fascination with... That's an interesting... That's an interesting, an interesting question choice. that I didn't I didn't look up. Well, it's just it's something that's cropped up before. Yeah. It's particular with people with serial killers with an artistic flair, and mm-hmm. I just was curious. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Oh, he had plans for a shrine of skulls. Oh no! Oh, don't like it. I hate that. Oh, I do hate not it. like it. Oh, I found twenty-one grim and mundane pictures from Jeffrey. Don't Dahmer's do it. Apartment. Don't do it. Don't look at it. Nope. Close it. Close it right now. I, I am. Don't yep. worry. Don't close it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> okay. I said don't close it. Forty inch. <laughs> Slip, but don't do it <laughs> you just don't need to subject your brain to that yeah oh no God. not right now um okay not ever <laughs> so june 1990 edward w smith was killed um again Dahmer met him at a bar and offered him money for sex and pictures after mm-hmm. sex smith was drugged and strangled and Dahmer this time took some pictures during the process of dismembering the body oh no yep September 2nd, 1990. Ernest Miller, 24, was last seen alive. He met Dahmer in front of a bookstore. Uh, Dahmer offered him money to come home with him. After sex, Dahmer drugged him and cut his throat. He took pictures of the body and dismembered it, putting the biceps in the freezer. Well, that's interesting. Because sometimes it's kill and then sex, and then sometimes it's sex and then kill. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. He might be a circumstantial necrophiliac. Yeah. Depending on how the evening <laughs> played out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Perhaps depending on whether it was consensual. Yeah. Or not. Yep. That's interesting. Maybe if they tried to leave before sex. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like a really scared of rejection person. Yep. He bleached the skeleton and painted the skull, which was in his apartment when he was arrested in 1991. September 24th, David C. Thomas was last seen alive. Dahmer met him on the street and offered him money to come home with him. Dahmer drugged Thomas and murdered him without sex, taking pictures as he dismembered the body. Oh, no sex this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not this time. Maybe next time. Hmm. <laughs> um... 1991, March 7th. Is Curtis, this the last one? No. Oh, fuck. Okay. 
There yeah. are like 10 more. What? Yeah. So 10 more of them happened in the last year before he was arrested? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you know what that tells me? What? Is that he spent 10 of those 13 years, perhaps 11, 12 of those 13 years perfecting and honing. Yep. Which makes it even more premeditated. Yep. Perfecting, honing, fantasizing, honing his technique. Oh, but okay. Yep. And you, we don't know how many unsolved murders yep. could have been him too. Yep. Um. All right. So March seventh, Curtis Strotter, eighteen, last seen alive. Dahmer picked him up at a bus stop, offering him money to come home with him. He drugged him and strangled him after sex, taking pictures of the dismembered body. The skull, unpainted, was recovered from Dahmer's apartment after his 1991 arrest. This is at least the third sequence of events Dahmer experimented with. Earlier, it had been sex, drugging, then murder. At least once he tried drugs, murder, sex. This is drugs, sex, and murder. Interesting. April 7th, exactly like a month like later. He figured out what really got him. Yeah. There. Interesting. Yeah. April 7th, Errol Lindsay, 19, last seen alive. Dahmer met him on the street and offered him money to come home with him. He drugged Lindsay, strangled him, and he had sex with the body. The unpainted skull was recovered from Dahmer's apartment. Um, May 17th, Dahmer met 14-year-old uh, Conorak in front of a mall and offered him money to pose nude for pictures. After the pictures, he drugged Conorak, then went out for beer. The boy escaped, naked into the street. Uh, this this one gets me the... This one gets me the most. Uh, neighbors called police, but Dahmer convinced them that he and the boy were lovers who had merely had a little quarrel. Police, apparently... This one, I feel like he was foreign as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Police, apparently unconcerned that uh, he was still too drugged to confirm or deny the story, returned him to Dahmer, who strangled him as soon as the police were gone. Dahmer had sex with his body, took pictures, and dismembered him. His oh, skull was awful. recovered from the apartment. Oh, when the full details of this incident became known, mild disciplinary action was taken against the officers involved. The department was also sued for a large amount of money. Well, there is that. Yeah. Mm, I guess. I bet they would rather have the person. It's oh, awful. Yeah. Poor baby. Yeah. Poor sweet innocent kid. Yeah. He was he was 14. He had no business being by himself, being Well, we can't victim blame, but Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a bad I, I wasn't I wasn't victim blaming. Well, I'm just like Yeah. Well, he has no business. Uh, we don't know what his parents were yeah. like. We don't know. I mean, when you're foreign in this country, it can mean some pretty dark things. So we yeah. don't know if his parents have been deported. We don't know if he was homeless. We don't yeah. know. We don't know. It just blows. Yeah. It, it's really That sad. someone took advantage of his disadvantaged situation, yeah. offered money for something, and then killed him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So May 24th. Last one. No. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I've I mean, still got two pages, Carrie. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay. May twenty fourth, Tony let's just Hughes. Yeah. Power through, and I'm yeah. gonna sit here. 
Okay. Tony Hughes, 31. Uh, he was last seen alive. Reportedly, Hughes and Dahmer had known each other for two years. By writing, um, Hughes was deaf and mute. Dahmer offered him $50 to come home with him and pose for nude pictures. Hughes was drugged and murdered without sex. His unpainted skull was recovered from the apartment. June 30th, Matt Turner, 20, last seen alive. They met in Chicago at the bus station after a gay pride parade. Dahmer offered him money to pose nude, drugged him, and strangled him with the strap. After cutting cutting the body up, Dahmer put the head in the freezer and the rest in a barrel of acid he had obtained. July 6th, Jeremiah... So I guess the bottom line is don't trust anyone who's just an independent photographer... Yeah, no. ...who wants to offer you money to pose naked. Nope. Ever. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like we all know that now. We're preaching to the choir with our listeners, but... Um, July 6th, Jeremiah Weinberger, 23, last seen alive. They met in Chicago at a gay bar where Dahmer offered him money to come back to Milwaukee. This murder is very unusual in that the victim was not murdered until the day after he came home with Dahmer. When he indicated that he wanted to leave, Dahmer dragged him, strangled him, and dismembered him, taking pictures of the process. Like the last victim, his head went into the freezer, his body into the acid. On July 15th, Jeffrey was fired from the Ambrosia Chocolate Company for bad attendance. (laughs) I didn't realize he was working at a chocolate factory. (laughs) I didn't know that either. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that same day, as you think of veggie tales, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> the same day, Oliver Lacey was last seen alive. They met on the street and went back to Dahmer's apartment for body rubs. Lacey was then <laughs> drugged and strangled. I'm sorry, that's not funny. Body rubs is funny. <laughs> None of the rest of it is <laughs> for body rubs. I just want a back rub. <laughs> Um, come back and give each other a rub down oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Lacey was then drugged and strangled Dahmer had sex with the body before dismembering it he put the head in the refrigerator and the heart in the freezer to eat later (laughs) July 16th the next day uh, Joseph uh, Braidhoff, twenty fifteen or twenty fifteen, twenty five, was seen alive. We time traveled. <laughs> <laughs> they met at a bus stop where Dahmer offered him money to pose nude for pictures. After sex, Dahmer drugged him and strangled him with the strap. He dismembered the body and, as before, put the head in the freezer and the body in the acid barrel. So Jul- did they like just find this freezer full of heads? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck, those poor cops. Yeah, I don't even want to imagine what it was like to walk into that apartment. Um, July 22nd, uh, shortly after midnight, Tracy Edwards, 32, escaped from Dahmer with one hand in a handcuff and flagged down a police car. He led the cops back to Dahmer's apartment. They found photos of the dismembered victims and body parts in the refrigerator and freezer. Shortly after, the sight of crews in biohazard protection suits taking evidence out of Dahmer's apartment was televised all over the world. The suits were necessary because of the smell of decay in the apartment and because of the acid in the barrel. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, my God. So he was... Bleh. His apartment smelled like this while he was actively bringing people in. Yep. So he was probably nose blind to it. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, no, those 
oh my god so like you come in thinking this is what's gonna happen and then you're just like okay just i'm gonna do whatever he says and then i'm gonna go yeah once i get my money and never come back and never speak to this guy again and then he oh god and then he fucking kills you oh that's awful yeah that's like Gacy's house that smelled like that because he was hiding, he was burying people in the crawl space and in the walls. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I don't have much more to go. We're going to go. <laughs> yeah. We're going <laughs> to just uh, fist right on through. <laughs> yeah. So uh, caught red handed with overwhelming physical evidence against red-handed. him. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, it's not surprising that Jeffrey confessed. His dry, unemotional descriptions of murdering a dozen and a half young men um, really just bellied the reality of brutality and sadism that was revealed in Tracy Edwards' testimony. Um, it's possible that the sameness of the descriptions uh, was not entirely accurate. Tracy Edwards claimed he was not offered money, that he only went to Dahmer's apartment for some beers before going out again. He may have been covering up his own indiscretion, or Dahmer may have lied about the ways he lured people back to his apartment in order to make them seem like it, less like innocent victims. Well, you know what? That may have been just something that people don't think about, especially men. Yeah. Men don't think about things like that the way that women do. Yeah. It's just not... That's not something sexist. That's just reality. Mm-hmm. We are constantly scanning for threats, and men don't think of it that way. Yeah, you know, when 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 guys go out to a bar, they think, "Oh, I could go out alone." Mm-hmm. I would never consider going to a bar alone. Yeah, no. Partially because I'm a paranoid lunatic, and partially because I'm a woman, and like that's not safe. Yeah. So many people would take advantage. Like there. There are so many men who would take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. No matter who you are, no matter what you look like, like they 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 see a woman who's alone at a bar and they think, "Ooh, target, target." Yeah, you know. And so that may have been common practice for a guy. Yeah, of like, "Oh, I met this guy. He seems kind of cool. I'll go back and get a beer, and then let's go out and party because he seems neat. Yeah, and different and quirky and dark and brooding or whatever. Like, I, I don't know, but." Maybe that made his targets more targetable. Yeah. I guess, in a way. I don't know. Maybe. That's just, that's so sad. Those poor people. Those poor guys. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Okay. So, um, I'm going to skip a little bit of, of this. Um, but after, after he was sentenced to 15 consecutive life terms, um, Dahmer read a prepared statement in which he expressed sorrow for the pain he had caused. I knew I was sick or evil or both. Now I believe I was sick. The doctors have told me about my sickness and now I have some peace. I know now how much harm I have caused. I tried to do the best I could after the arrest to make amends. I now know I will be in prison for the rest of my life. I know that I will have to turn to God to help me get through each day. I should have stayed with God. I tried and failed and created a holocaust. Thank God there will be no harm, no more harm that I can do. I believe that only the Lord Jesus Christ can save me from, from my sins. What? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Like, he should have he- repressed further? I don't get it. What? That's just what he said. That's mm. that's just his. That's a direct quote from him. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I should have stayed with God. 
I tried and failed and created a Holocaust. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Oh, yeah. And we don't have time to do it. Nope. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> there are plenty of, of podcasts, other podcasts, you guys, who have done series. They do, like, whole seasons or series on these particular killers. So. Yeah. This is where I'm going to kind of leave the Murderpedia article okay. because I don't totally agree with it. And I have a New York Post article that is with the guy that killed him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that one a little bit more because this one makes him seem like a lunatic and he's not. He was just fucking fed up. Yeah. Um. And I, I am going to... The prisoner? Yeah. Mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to read this... Um. Because I think it's important. Okay. Um, okay. So Dahmer and two other inmates were assigned to clean the staff bathroom of the Columbia Correctional Institute Gymnasium in Portage, Wisconsin. Guards left them alone to do their work for about 20 minutes. Starting at around 7.50 a.m. When Dahmer was discovered, he was unconscious and his head and face were bloody. He died on the way to the hospital from multiple skull fractures and brain trauma. A bloody broom handle was found near Dahmer, but a broom is probably not sturdy enough to inflict the damage that killed him. Reports in December indicated that he was struck with a steel bar stolen from the prison weight room. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and let me just say real fast that, like, it's not uncommon for a guard to leave people who are cleaning. And that's not on the guard. Yeah. Well, However, I've, comma, these are violent offenders, so... Yeah. Well, another thing... That I, Jeffrey Dahmer was freaking everybody out. Yeah, he was fucking and, weird. Yeah, and he, <laughs> um, and I'll read from this New York Post article here in a second. Um, I have heard of a lot of situations where guards will purposely, yeah, leave them alone because because it's um, too much, yeah. and they probably should have gotten the death penalty, yeah. and they didn't, kind of thing. Yeah, in the words of Rocket <laughs> from <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, the guards are there to make sure you don't get out. They don't care what they, we do to each other while we're in here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. That was my favorite knife. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> serial killer jeffrey dahmer was done in by his uncontrollable lust for human flesh the man who whacked him in prison 20 years ago told the post revealing for the first time why the cannibal had to, had to die <laughs> uh christopher who fatally beat the serial killer and in another inmate in 1994 said he grew to despise dahmer because he would fashion severed limbs out of prison food to taunt the other inmates he'd drizzle on packets of ketchup as blood it was very unnerving. What the fuck? Yeah. He would put them in places where people would be. Scarver, 45, recalled in a low, gravelly voice. Wait, so like, he would like make a make an arm Yep. out of food, yep. cover it in ketchup, and then like leave it where people would find it. Yep. What a fucking weirdo. Yep. Even for a cannibal. Yep. This is why he had to go. <laughs> he oh, just had to go. Oh, God. <laughs> like, um... <laughs> Let's see here. He crossed the line with not some. Everyone in prison is a murderer. No. Or a serial killer. Yeah. And then you're trapped in this like capsule, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. And with like. Oh. Mm. And the, like the thing that kills me about the Murderpedia article, and there could be some truth to this, but um, 
They say that Scarver is said to have delusions that he is Christ. He has been in psychiatrist observation and treatment several times with mm. diagnoses of bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. Um, well, that's terrifying. Yeah, but a jury apparently did not believe he was insane. And I don't think, I don't think him thinking that he's Christ and he has, like, he has power to take life away. I don't think that that's why he did this. I think it's because Jeffrey was fucking tormenting everyone in that prison. Yeah. Uh, he says... And he, it, I mean, it could have had something to do with it of like, mm-hmm. okay, I have to save my fellow prisoners. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I could... I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I think he did the world a favor, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, he was fucking weird. Yeah. Um, he crossed... Not just fucking weird. Yeah. Fucking gross. Yeah. And... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He um he said he crossed the line with some people, prisoners, prison staff. Some people who are in prison are repentant, but he was not one of them. Oh. Yeah. Scarver, who arrived at uh the correctional institution around the same time as Dahmer, knew right away to keep a safe distance from the serial killer. He said the madman had a personal escort of at least one guard at all times when he was out of his cell because of his friction with other inmates. Because he did get attacked uh, by another guy whose knife fell apart on him when he attacked him. But Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I Wait, saw... so he was trying to victimize prison staff, is yeah. what I heard you say. Yep. He was crossing lines that he didn't need to be crossing. Lots of lines. Yeah. He it, kinda, he... it sounds like he kind of thought prison was going to be like life. Yep. Um, he said, um, I saw heated interactions between Dahmer and the other prisoners from time to time, and, um, he didn't think much of him, and there was no impression of him. Um, let's see here. Uh, like a lone wolf, Scarver watched Dahmer from afar on the prison yard, but never approached him because he did not want to become a target of his sickening humor. Um... But that all changed on the morning of November eighth or twenty eighth, nineteen ninety four, when Scarver doled out his vigilante justice in a gymnasium. Dahmer um, and Scarver and a third inmate were led unshackled to clean the bathrooms by correction officers who left them unattended. Scarver, who was repulsed by the youth molesting cannibals' lust for flesh, kept in his pocket a newspaper article detailing how Dahmer killed, dismembered, and in some cases ate 17 men and boys. Scarver, uh, then a 25-year-old convicted murderer, had just retrieved his mop and was filling a bucket with water when someone poked him in the back. I turned around, and Dahmer and Jesse were kind of laughing under their breath. Uh, he, I looked right into their eyes, and I couldn't tell which had done it. The three men then split up, and Scarver followed Dahmer towards the staff locker room. Scarver grabbed a metal bar from the weight room and confronted Dahmer with the new story he had been carrying in his pocket. I asked him if he did those things because I was fiercely disgusted. He was shocked. Yes, he was. He started looking for the door pretty quick. I blocked him. With two swings of the bar, Scarver crushed Dahmer's skull. He ended up dead. I put his head down, he said. He then casually crossed the gym and entered a locker room where Anderson was working. He stopped for a second and looked around. He was going to see if any officials were there. There were none. Pretty much the same thing happened. Got his head put out. Um, let's see here. Scarver believes it was no accident that he ended up alone with Dahmer, since prison officials knew he hated the madman and they wanted him dead. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know why he beat up the other guy. I think he was just... Or one of those things where yeah. you're like on the high and yeah, in that moment and then something surprises you and you, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't condoned at all. I'm no. Just, I mean, it's not okay not that he killed him. But yeah, no, yeah. I'm not justifying it at all. I'm just saying that it happens. Yeah. And that is the extremely condensed version of the Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. story. That was beautiful. Good job. Oh, wow. Thanks. I learned things. <laughs> Thank you, Ooh. Murderpedia. So much more detail than I was used to. Wow. Yeah. That was gross. <laughs> <laughs> it was gross. He was a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it is time for a game. Definitely time for a game and then bed. Uh-uh. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pick a card. Any card, lady. Who goes first this time? Um, I, d- I feel like you do, but I don't know. What is it? This is, is not a card. What is that? Give us more money. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's not a card. That's a, sp- <laughs> that's a donation on Patreon card. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, are you ready? Yep. You want to go first? Yep. Okay, so if you had to, would you? There's a talking zit on your face, and yep, it's racist. <laughs> <laughs> or... <laughs> Relive middle school. This is a rock and a hard place for sure. Yeah. Again. Um, a yeah. racist zit on your head or relive middle school, which for us was not great. No. Um. <laughs> you know what? I think I'll take the racist zit because at least I can blame the zit for his own. Oh, shit. Fuck. Sorry. I just <laughs> knocked. And you can always pop thing. the zit. Yeah, you can pop the zit. You can say, hey, he's an asshole. Yeah. I was suicidal in middle school, so. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> gonna go with the zit. I'm gonna go with the racist zit. <laughs> I'm not racist. No. <laughs> the zit is racist and we will kill the zit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I know this is a bit of a longer one, but we gave you some shorter ones to lead up to it. Um, definitely give us a follow on all of social media and definitely head on over to our Patreon page because we're about to record some really awesome new content for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but definitely, um, you know, more than anything, we want you to remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Check out our Tumblr blog, at Talk Crooked, for sources and photos. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Talk Crooked. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We are currently a self-funded podcast, so if you would like to donate and receive a shout-out on air, please visit us at patreon.com slash talkcrooked. Eventually, we will start doing listener episodes. If you have your personal stories related to our previous episodes, email us at talkcrooked at gmail.com. For business inquiries or sponsorships, email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. Okay, bye.